Welcome to the Trades Podcast, a podcast about the business of home improvement and promoting the trades to young adults. That's right, right here, ladies and gentlemen, the tradespodcast.com. I am DJ Danny. And I'm Jeff Mudd. What an exciting day we're having here at the BBB Night Studios in sunny San Diego. Yeah, sunny, cloudy, random rain on this uh, Thursday, May 4th. May the 4th be with you all. Uh, of course, it's not going to be coming out on May 4th, but just so you all know, um, it is May 4th, so may the 4th be with you um, for all you Star Wars fans. Uh, but yes, uh, it's going to be Jeff and I right here uh, talking about uh, the awesome, uh, the value of the construction trades as a career and um, the one of the reasons why that, you know, Americans do not value the value um, of the construction trades. It's kind of a tough subject, but it's definitely something that we uh, are proud to want to bring to attention of what has been those misconceptions and many different uh, views uh, on the construction trades throughout uh, the American society and culture. Um, so, Jeff, um, let, let us know exactly uh, what you're looking to, what, what we can jump into and what we can kind of shine light on. Well, the, I think the perception of the construction trades has definitely evolved over the last few decades. Um, I'm not really sure why, but I know when I went to junior high school, we had wood shop, auto shop, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Classes like that that exposed us in junior high school to different opportunities in the construction world. Um, but now it's kind of looked at as a fallback career. Uh, you know, for those who didn't ex- uh, excel academically, you can fall back. Uh, however, in the growing recognition of the trades right now, there's a gap in the construction wor- uh, field for having uh, qualified workers. I mean, there's a lot of baby boomers that are retiring out of it and it's become, uh, a very profitable career for a, a lot of people, even, even coming into it, uh, out of high school with not having too much skills. You can, you can jump into a, uh, HVAC company, uh, like many different types of construction fields start off making more than minimum wage and you're, Education is being paid for by um, the employer mm-hmm. on the job training. So you're immediately getting a paycheck. You're getting steady work, if not overtime. Yeah. And um, you're not going into debt trying to learn something simply because um, that's what high school wants you to do. So. I mean, that, that's a huge thing that we've always talked about, you know, specifically with um, you know, some people that we've had on the, on the show, they, they, some of them have, have gone to that, that, uh, a four year university and maybe coming out of debt, but there was a plan that they had after, or honestly, sometimes the trades actually pulled them out of, you know, being in debt and paying off those loans or, uh, being able to support the, uh, the goal that they had in mind after, um, after finishing college. And, uh, and a lot of them had found their passion in their industry um, by dropping out. Um, and it's not something that um, we encourage or that we advocate for, but um, it's good to understand, just like what you mentioned, the, that misconception and uh, that perception of the construction trades right now. Um, I mean, it, I think it was something that we pulled out of um, – uh, Forbes, uh, it was the article that they had. It was the skills gap in the construction industry and is stifling growth. 
And uh, what it had mentioned was that in uh, recent years, you know, there's been just a growing recognition of the value of the trades jobs. And, um, you know, and it continued to talk about uh, the change of perception. There needs to be a greater emphasis on the importance of trades jobs in society and the shift away from the notion that a four-year college degree is the only path to success. Uh, that's another um, Forbes uh, article that was pulled out uh, that we found that was trade school might be a better choice than college. And here's why. That was in 2021. So, I mean, these are most recent ones that we've been, yeah. you know, finding in 2019, 2021 that they're talking about. Well, I, th- I think as employers in the construction industry, we've recognized the gap for quite a while yeah. now, get, getting people to come in and, and have some good work ethic and uh, be willing to learn uh, or just have uh, some experience in it and jump in being able to be a, a good uh, producing employee. Um, I think the pandemic highlighted this a lot more for homeowners who were stuck at home trying to get uh, work done. So they're calling on people to come out and do home improvements for them and finding out the people that are calling, okay, I can be there in six weeks to take a look at it and give you an estimate or whatever the number is. It's, uh, uh, it took some time. But one of the things I, I'm also uh, finding in my research on some of the whys that uh, is happening right now and how that relates to education is advances in uh, technology and uh, materials that are being produced, mm. tools. So um, we've had Andy from Hen House Decks, and one of the things he does with Mike Mitchell, who's been on the uh, podcast also, is they write uh, reviews on tools, and it's a review is published in a uh, – Deck Specialist Magazine. Yeah. So how does that relate to an employer and somebody getting into the construction industry? So with these advancements in the technology, um, I know when uh, um, we, we uh, do decking jobs at my other company, um, we have the supplier come in, and he'll give us a free education on what the products do, how they're made, you know, the, the benefits the drawbacks of the new decking product and decking really is a simple product, you know, but you can apply that across the board to paint, um, wallpaper, flooring, welding equipment, mm-hmm. you know, the technology behind being able to control the, uh, the arc and the temperature and the depth of the thing on uh, welding equipment. I don't know very much about that field at all, right? but the, the, tool suppliers, the producers of those, there's technology going into those different equipment now that they need to educate the end user, the, uh, the employees that are working for a welding company or the difference in the painting company. They have expos. So as a construction worker, no matter what field you're in, there's continuing education that's being put out by the manufacturer, the suppliers, that your boss is paying you to sit there and learn so that you are a better worker, a better skilled employee, so that you can do uh, higher quality jobs, which makes better customers, mm-hmm. keeps the whole cycle going. So education doesn't stop. No. no there's a constant change that uh, we all t- always talked about, that, uh, that the technology always evolves, the methods, the structures, the... Um, the way of teaching yourself or finding new tools 
are always evolving. And uh, I mean, I think like you like you mentioned that yeah, that Ron was uh, saying that it was um, uh, um, or excuse me, it was, it was uh, with uh, Hen House Dex that he mentioned that the, you know they do the reviews on the. Uh, apps that are even used out there too. Yeah, some of the software systems that they'd use as decking contractors also yeah. they do reviews on. Yeah, so what we talked about is the employer paying for some of your continuing education on the materials and the tools that you're using. Mm-hmm. Compare that to a college degree. Um, when you're out there on a, you get a job after you've completed college, uh, now you're paying 100% of your uh, education back now too. Yeah. Out of that paycheck as opposed to getting paid to learn while you're earning money. Yeah. And, and, and again, I mean, what we, what we wanted this one to be uh, kind of emphasized on too, is like why Americans do not value the construction trades as a career. I mean, it's, there's uh, I mean, there's obviously that labor shortage that is occurring right now. Um, yeah. There's a complete lack of awareness on the, the earning potential and the growth opportunities within the trades. I think from the, the schools to a lot of the parents that want, uh, you know, their kids to come up and do better than they have. I mean, us as parents, I mean, I have two uh, uh, sons that I want them to be happy and successful. Yeah. So. I mean, I mean, you being in the trades, Jeff, I mean, you having been through it and really starting your career early within the trades, um, there's something that I think that has been brought up uh, in the past where it was, uh, you know, you got your plumber, you know, that you got this guy coming in with a white t-shirt, some jeans and his plumber's crack or, you know, and, and, you know, for some part of in society at some point that it was looked at like a kind of like a fallback type of career is, I mean, is that, I, I imagine now, obviously I know and understand a little bit more, but for those that are just listening to this episode for this first time or the podcast for the first time, what, what's the climate of, you know, of being a tradesman now. I mean, it's, 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 I think it's something that people need to understand a little bit more of. I I think the construction trades has evolved in the sense of professionalism also. Yeah. Um, So Ron was talking about, used to be able to do piecework. My brother, when he first got into construction, did piecework for a framing company. Um, California anyways, I don't know about the rest of the nation. I I should probably look that up, but California piecework is really gone away. Mm -hmm. Everybody is now a, a W-2 yeah. wage earner. And, uh, so, but the professionalism of all trades, you know, so if you say you're working for a plumbing company, uniforms are required almost all the time. You know, you're coming in with a company vehicle. You're not showing up with your personal truck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, your systems in the process that the company um, has adopted part of its technology, you know? Um, so I've had to hire a couple of, uh, plumbing companies doing a TI project here in San Diego. Uh, the, the communication level because of technology, your technician is get a text. Your technician is on the way, get another text, you know, expect your technician in five minutes. Are you going to be there to meet him? You know? Yeah. Um, so the professionalism I think is across the board in most companies. And because that professionalism has been integrated to most reputable companies that is um, brought up the industry as a whole. So not saying there's not the guys out there with the, the, 
the chuck in the truck and that kind of <laughs> stuff is still happening. Yeah, absolutely. But the as a whole, if if you're looking at a career in the construction trades, the expectation of professionalism is definitely part of the process now. Part yeah. of the part of uh, um, the lifelong uh, uh, expectations that you're going to have, no matter where you're at in the trades. If you start new, it's going to be expected of you. If you work your way up to be a foreman, you're going to be enforcing that expectations. Yeah. You know, if you work your way up to uh, owning or running a uh, any type of home improvement company, you're going to be helped setting the standards for the culture of that company and the expectations that come with that company standards and the culture around that. So. Yeah. Uh, and, and I mean, I mean, that kind of goes back into, I mean, you, you, what you're really doing right now is, I mean, you're really putting some education down on the table for everybody to really understand um, what the trades industry looks like for, for anybody looking to get into it right now. I mean, wh- where did that lack of awareness come from? I mean, where, where, what's, uh, um, what what really built that that notion you know in in the past that kind of uh kind of put it on the map that were that the trades wasn't like a career to kind of jump into i wish i knew a little bit better danny yeah. you know um but in the the reality is um here at the trades podcast when we started this, we knew this was a learning process for both of us also. Um, And we're almost two years into it now. Yeah. And we've learned a lot. We've got a lot of shows behind us and I think we're getting better at it. Mm -hmm. But with that said, there's still a long ways to go. Mm -hmm. Um, But where did that start? I don't know. I mean, yeah. I mean, so I'm in my early sixties right now. Yeah. So I grew up in the seventies through let's say junior high and high school. Yeah. Um, we had shop then. So at some point in the early nineties, I'm going to guess, or maybe the trend had already started happening. Mm -hmm. Computers came in. Right. So technology. I think we've talked about that in the past, the technology of the world that Mm -hmm. are available to the world. So let's just blame everything on Bill Gates. Um, (laughs) um, The technology of the world, you know, on the school side. Right they replaced wood shop with computer classes. Right. Uh, and it's done a lot of great for the world, but yes. it's done it at the sacrifice of promoting the construction trades to a lot of other students that needed to go that route yeah. that aren't going to be computer programmers. Mm-hmm. So that's a very generalized way of putting it. But I think that's one point that we can all relate to. A lot of people have experienced that, that are you know, of the older generation, let's call it, that have seen, you know, what they did in high school compared to what their kids are doing in high school. Right. So. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, that's a great point to put out there. I mean, obviously, like we mentioned, you know, technology doesn't have to be a tradesman's worst enemy, but it what it has done as a whole for society, yeah, it may have dampened the uh, the education behind it and the awareness behind it too. Um, uh, but there's so many, like, you know, th- th- there's so much potential and career growth uh, opportunities within the trades, um, which I think that, you know, we can definitely testify here through the, tr- through what we've talked about, um, through with a lot of people on the show. And obviously with you, Jeff, you having been able to experience it with it, you know, it got you to this point where you're at the liberty of being able to spread the knowledge and 
um, pursue this passion to continue to push it out to the to the world about the opportunities that are out there. Um, I mean, one thing that we actually pulled up too um, from the Association General Contractors of America, uh, 80% of construction firms reported having a hard time filing hourly craft positions and 56% of firms reported having difficulty filing salaried positions. You know, so again, that labor shortage is, you know, just shows a testament that um, people don't know enough about this. And that's, that's like, like you mentioned, our goal here at the podcast. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things that motivated me to uh, come up with the concept of the trades podcast is uh, the difficulty as an employer filling positions at different levels of uh, the, the need for my company at the time. Um, I think the pandemic has definitely increased that uh, need for employers of finding uh, journeymen to uh, uh, management across the board for almost any company. I wanted, I wanted to uh, bring out a point that the construction industry, um, you, you brought up the plumber with the, the crack and the lack of, prof- right. and the lack of professionalism. Yeah. There. Yeah. But I, I have had the opportunity uh, uh, last year, I believe, working with a uh, organization, nonprofit. It's a national organization. The San Diego chapter is called ACE, Architecture, Construction, and Engineering. It's a after-school program at a lot of the high schools here in uh, San Diego County. Um, there's, I was just looking at one uh, chapter in Denver. I'm making a trip to Denver here later this year. Um, and that after-school program is sponsored by construction firms. And the students that are involved with it in after school are kids that are planning on going to college, right? In the in learning how to be an architect or um, construction management. Ron Blackburn talked about his experience going to a, a construction management uh, school early in his career uh, in engineering. So mm-hmm. you, you look at every commercial building, bridge things like that nature, there's a lot of uh, uh, education behind the architects that have come up with the concept, the designs. There's a lot of education that have gone into the engineer that have made him uh, safe and um, strong. In fact, I was just having a a conversation with somebody that uh, lives in Seattle Mm -hmm. about the, the Seattle Skyscraper, the needle, the needle. Yeah, that thing is. That's amazing. I mean, that it was built of, in the '60s for the World Expo. Really? Oh, that's right. <laughs> I, I, I do. I do remember uh, hearing more about that. Yeah, you want to go a thousand feet up in the air? Yeah, on something that's you know, sixty years old. Right. I've thought about it uh, for a minute. Yeah, uh, but that's a testament to the engineering of how that was built. Yeah. And then the, the C for the ACE program of construction, the construction management. Now, how many levels of management did it take to build the, the needle yeah. in the, the 60s as compared to uh, building a high-rise here in downtown San Diego or anywhere else? Yeah. You know, the different levels of management mm-hmm. um, from the, the grading, yeah. inspections, um, the, the the steel superstructure, whatever it's going to be made out of, you yeah. know, the, the drywall crews, the plumbing crews, 
yeah. the uh, sprinkler systems and the water suppressions, and it's just on and on and on. Yeah. All the different trades that are involved in a commercial construction project, it takes a lot of uh, management uh, to handle every aspect of that moving forward, mm-hmm. let alone all the architecture and the engineering that as they're in the process of doing the builds, the um, problems that can come up, you know, the, yeah. the duct work is going through where the, the, the drywall is supposed to have a fire break. You mm-hmm. know? So yeah. you know, sometimes little things are caught. Yeah. And uh, I was reading in a, one of the builder magazines last year about the ability for not a drone, but like a robot that goes through this 3d graphic oh, right. of what, of a building, why it's being built mm-hmm. so that the engineers and the, the, um, the architects, ins- uh, the, the inspectors right. are making sure that everything is being built the way it's supposed to be built and not being, uh, missed and covered up with the drywall or mm-hmm. the, the T-bar ceilings or whatever. Right. So there's huge amounts of technology going into yeah. the construction industry right now. Yeah, and, and not only that, but it builds, what it does is, you know, again, uh, you can think as technology as uh, as your worst enemy, you know, or think that, you know, I don't know, robots, AI is going to take over your job, but, um, you know, it's, it's the vision that I think that, construction trades and industry the industry has time and time again has adapted technology around building more opportunities and easier ways to build things faster quicker and safer like you mentioned absolutely yeah i mean we've talked about a, a woman in the construction then osha rules or california osha mm-hmm. rules you know it's leveled the playing field in so many areas yeah um Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the, and one of the other things, the, the the why Americans do not value the construction trades. There's such a stigma or surrounding the trade jobs and the pressure to pursue a four-year college degree. Um, well, in my opinion, if you work in the construction trades for five to six years, you should be at a journeyman level. I would equate equate that to a college degree. Yeah. Yeah, I know. In your specialty, if you've done the same thing. So if you've gone and learned to be a, a HVAC or a, a house painter or a commercial painter or whatever the uh, plumber or solar technician right now, you know, you've, if you've done that for four years, you've got a college degree in a certain aspect of construction mm-hmm. that will continue to pay you for the rest of life. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's, that's, yeah, like you said, I mean, payment is a huge thing that, um, I think what a lot of people obviously worry about right now is there's a huge difference. I mean, there's a huge shift in climate of, you know, the, 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 I guess for young, young people in the world right now, even, I mean, for anybody looking to, um, you know, go grow on that, that American dream of owning your own home, owning some, you know, an apartment, owning your own space. Um, especially here in California where it seems like it's, uh, becoming limit, more limited for, um, you know, even people my age, um, where, you know, you, if you decide to go into a, um, a four year degree and you come out with debt, I mean, we found, uh, we found some statistics right here from the national bureau, bureau of economic research 
that the median income for college graduates is forty thousand per year. However, when you subtract the average student debt of thirty thousand, the net income for college graduates drops to twenty one thousand dollars, while the net income for a trades graduate is forty thousand, and that's with no debt. And again, that's that's coming from the Business Insider: Seven Reasons to Consider the Trade School Instead of College. Uh, that was published uh, 2021, um, and uh, it's 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 just you know again it's a time and time again we always talk about it on the trades podcast, which is always good to remind everybody that um, what the trades podcast can do, or what the trades uh, industry can do for you is uh, exponentially a little bit more beneficial when it comes down to finances if that's something that. Uh, many of us can be worried about or have to worry about in our lives um, that, you know, you're not going to have to be paying back on debt that from something that you were expecting to have a higher education on and get more of a higher return on. Whereas we've, we've seen the outcome and we've talked with many, many people that it allows you to come out with no debt and also uh, pursue other passions that you may have in life. Uh, absolutely. I mean, if you break it down pretty simply, um, you get a four-year degree, Mm -hmm. you jump into a job that's probably comparable in pay to uh, a journeyman that's been working for four years. Um, But now you've got college debt, and um, the repayment of college loans is taking between 10 and 20 years, depending on the the caliber of your degree, how much you went into debt to do it and all that. Right, of course. Um, and the earning power of somebody in the construction trades, you know, that's a gamble for a college degree. Mm-hmm. That if it's going to take you, say, average 15 years to pay back your college degree, you're in your late 30s now yeah. to almost 40 years old before you've gotten out of debt and you're seriously working on uh, retirement. Right. As opposed to somebody in the construction trades, by the time they're late 30s or in their 40s, most likely if they've applied themselves, they're in a supervisor or manager position. Mm-hmm. If not. And uh, taking their money seriously and taking care of it, of yeah, course. Yeah. yeah. And the uh, chance for business ownership in the construction trades is a. Yeah, that's endless. It's a lot higher than a lot of other career paths. Yeah. You know, you, um, you get into management and you're running a uh, high-end retail store making good money or a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, th- th- it's a lot harder to start a restaurant yes. than it is a home improvement company yeah. as far as capital. Yeah. I mean, and p- being able to predict, you know, the what the outcome would be after, over year after year. You know, there's that, that competition seems like it's a little bit higher yeah. than the trades where you can – um, you know, you, you build the relationships that you have with uh, realtors, with clients, with other, uh, other people within the, uh, within the trades. Like, I think that's something that we've talked about too. The networking that brings the, in the trades that brings to other contractors and other, um, even just, even if you're an employee, being able to meet other people to find different connections that help you get to where you may have not thought about going that it's 100%. that those ideas are constantly flowing. Why? Because um, you're, you're meeting with people that are one like-minded. I have been going through the same thing that you're going through 
and uh, have a lot of the advice that a lot of people may not be more prone to share than others would, you know, of knowing exactly how they got to where they are. Yeah. I mean, the trades aren't for everybody. No. And college isn't for everybody. Right. Um, But if you're at that point where you're making a decision, take the time to ask a lot of questions and be honest with yourself Mm -hmm. about what your capabilities are, what your interests are, what your, you know, your goal is at 30, 40, and 50. Um, and college might be the, the best choice for you. Yeah. I mean, it seems but like it, the it, trades yeah. are a good choice for other people. Yeah. I mean, talk to the parents if you could, Jeff. I mean, you know, I, I'm not a dad or I don't have any kids quite yet, but, uh, when I'm there, you know, I'll, I'll have a little bit more wisdom and knowledge, uh, to maybe spread out there to the world, but you as a parent, you got, you got kids and great, great challenge. I love that, Danny. Yeah. So as a, as a parent, we all want our kids to do better than we've done. Mm-hmm. You know, we always, we always want to think that we've worked hard in our life so that we've created opportunities for our kids to, to do better than ourselves. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that's what my dad told me. That's what I've told my kids. Um, and I've tried uh, as a parent to do that for them. But the bottom line is they are their own people. They need to find their own destiny, their own passions, their own path. Um, and that is something that to help them along the way to do that, you have to be open and um, not locked in your box with your expectations. Um, so I've got two boys. One of them loves the outdoor, loves some physical activity, uh, and some adventures and, you know, we, we, we still have those once or twice a year. Mm-hmm. The other one's a little bit younger. Um, and he likes the, st- the stability and the home life and likes the indoor. I mean, he loves basketball and racquetball, things like that. Um, yeah. but, um, as he's getting a little bit older now, he's adventuring outside. They both taken completely career, different career paths. You know? Mm-hmm. But for me as a parent, um, I'm proud of them that they've made their own choices. They are uh, financially stable. I'm not having to bail them out. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're taking care of what's important to them, and they're happy. And I think that's what we're all looking for as parents is our kids to be healthy happy, successful in whatever choices they have made, not the choices that we expect them or that we thought that they should have done. Mm. I think that's great. Yeah. Thank you, Jeff, for that. Cause uh, I think a lot of people need to, um, you know, like you said, not, not lock themselves in their own box and, and, and know that, uh, you know, or think, or you maybe th- maybe try to convince themselves that their way of thinking is the only way that they know. Uh, because even as, even if it's not, even if you're not a parent listening to that, um, you know, being being open to listen to other other people's thoughts and ideas and ways of getting to uh, certain points of success or happiness in life. Uh, there's there's definitely different ways to go about it, and um, you know. That was, I think that was a key gem that you can definitely throw out there. So. Well, I, I think all of us as parents, like I said, want, want our kids to do um, good in life. Mm-hmm. And we've been conditioned um, by society of what that 
means as a society. Yeah. But bottom line is society's opinion should not dictate what a young adult um, should do. They need to be able to make up their own mind and be exposed to different opportunities to be able to do that. Yeah. And, and, and I think there's uh there's, I think there's definitely a, uh, a culture, uh, shift that's happening right now within, you know, people that are either just growing up in, in, in America right now. Uh, there's definitely that shift that's happening of, um, you know, truly finding yourself before making a decision and, you know, jumping into things that, that aren't, um, you know, uh, um, going to, put you in a in a hole in in a way i guess yeah um so i i hope that that shift kind of continues to you know empower people to make their own choices so so here's one of the things that just this year that i've been enlightened in Mm -hmm. the opportunity for an 18 year old to come out and has clean record Mm -hmm. really can go to uber yeah. And convince Uber that they are a good driver. Yeah. To lease them a car. Right. And immediately they are making probably more than minimum wage, set their own hours, have some real freedom. Yeah. So that's technology. Yeah. What's the next step in technology that is hitting right now? I know you can go up to San Francisco. Yeah. And get a ride. And a vehicle shows up, and there's no driver in it. Yeah, there's autonomous. Autonomous drivers. Yeah. yeah. So what's going to happen in the next three years, ten years, you know, to all these Uber, Lyft, taxi cab drivers, Mm -hmm. um, jobs, or truck drivers to that? Yeah, they're going to be eliminated. It it, it seems like that. That's the that's the route that we're going. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to be a hit of switch, and all of a sudden there's no more drivers. Right. But. those, those roles are going to be changing. Yeah, it's going, going to change. So you, you have to be aware of technology. Mm-hmm. Do you have to have a college degree to adopt technology? No. We've given many examples where the employer researches mm-hmm. and adopts technology. Samantha, uh, with the Best Rate Repair, was on the show a while back. Right. She's talked about building trends, the software that, from top to bottom, and the customers all integrate through an, uh, a software mm-hmm. platform. That's just one. You know? So every employee of the, the company has gotten paid to learn how to adopt to that technology. Yeah. So yeah. It's, college, it's, no to- college degrees. Yeah. D- yeah. It didn't, <laughs> it, it, it didn't have to, you know, go into that far you know, to really see that aspect. And, you know, there, there's that huge shift that's changing and especially on the technology side, but yeah, roles are definitely going to be, be switched. Um, you know, where instead of driving, people are going to be monitoring instead of, uh, delivering, it's going to be again, a monitored from a desk, you know, behind that side of things, yeah, you yeah. know, so, but that, but that's not something that's happening to the trades, you know, there's, there's going to be, different te- technology and different tools and different things used, but um, it will always need that human touch. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, FedEx, Amazon have been experimenting right. about with using droid, droid, drones, drones, droids, yeah. droids, Star yeah. Wars thing, <laughs> drones for delivery, with you. Uh, delivering packages. Uh, yeah. well, when those drones have a malfunction, 
and they're not at the shop, mm-hmm. somebody's going to have to go pick that up and bring it back. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. So there's always opportunities out there that are being created. Yeah. You know, the world is changing. Technology is not something that we can hide from. Yeah. So you have to uh, be open-minded and, and adopt. It doesn't mean you have to um, jump in on something that you're uncomfortable with. Mm-hmm. But those that are willing to be uncomfortable and push themselves yeah. are going to be more successful. Yeah, I think that's perfect. You know, a great way to wrap it up right there. You know, uh, uh, um, adopt, adapt, and just uh, continue to learn a little bit more about what, uh, what's out there. And uh, that's what we want to do here at the Trades Podcast. So, again, we want to thank everybody. Uh, we appreciate you listening in on us. And we appreciate everybody that supports us here, like the Ignite BBB Podcast uh, studios, the Better Business Bureau right here in San Diego. Um, we we want to give a shout out to, again, all of you listeners out there. So we appreciate your support. Um, we want to do a little bit more of these shows. And um, of course, we have our guests. But if there's anything that you guys want, to, want us to talk about, let us know. Um, you know, reach out to us on our website, um, thetradespodcast.com. Uh, Instagram, The Trades Podcast, Facebook, The Trades Podcast. It's all The Trades Podcast on YouTube and everything too. So we appreciate you again. Thanks for listening in and uh, make sure to uh, share this with uh, anybody that's, um, you know, that has that mindset of, uh, the, you know, wondering why uh, why they may want to get into the trades because um, it's they're not alone that uh, society here in America has uh, been able to kind of shift away from the trades, but we uh, we are doing our part to make sure that it comes back and let everybody know that it's uh, it's reputable, it's credible, and it's fulfilling. So we appreciate you. Awesome, great, great day. Uh, good chatting with you, Danny, and all the guests out there listening to the Trades Podcast. All right, thanks. The Trades Podcast. I want to tell you about Sage IT Systems. I have personally met with Judy, who gave me the behind the scenes tour of how Sage IT Systems works and helps out their clients. They've been helping my construction company for a couple years with all the challenges of COVID, taking staff remote, server backup, everything a business needs from an IT company, Sage IT Systems has been doing for us. The support they're giving to the Trades Podcast is fantastic. I highly recommend Sage IT. If you need a review of your IT systems, please reach out to Judy. Her cell phone, 619-743-5870, or you can go to Sage dash it.com that's s-a-g-e dash it.com thank you so much for your support for the trades podcast